Good evening, everyone. Thanks for joining us tonight for the kickoff of our E&E training this year. Whether this is the first time that you're attending an International Commission training or have joined us in the past, we are so thankful that you're here. We have a great equipping and enabling training ahead on how to share the gospel with tribal people. My name is Ali Carr. I've had the privilege of serving at International Commission for four years, and I am the host for E&E Trainings. IC's mission is equipping and enabling believers of the gospel of Jesus Christ worldwide by partnering with local churches and evangelism to share his gospel with unbelievers and make disciples. We send teams all over the world to partner with churches and share the gospel, which is the good news of Jesus. And we just go out and share this good news. And we do it in simple yet strategic ways by teaching people simple gospel sharing tools. We have been doing this for 50 years. We partner with churches all around the globe, and that's how we're able to reach millions of people with the gospel each year. We also equip and enable indigenous churches all over the world so that they can share the gospel in their own area without the assistance of a team coming. And this eliminates cost, language, and cultural barriers and allows us to reach more and more people in countries all around the globe each year. The purpose of these E&E trainings is to equip and enable you to grow in confidence to share the gospel and make disciples with a variety of people using different tools in different ways. So thanks for joining us tonight as we focus on how to share the gospel with tribal peoples. Most unreached people groups live in the 1040 window, which covers North Africa, the Middle East, and most of Asia. Unreached people groups are those who have no indigenous community of Christians around them with an adequate number of resources to evangelize their own people. It means that there are less than 2% of evangelical Christians where they live. An easy way to remember the major blocks of unreached peoples in the 1040 window is by using an acronym Thumb, T-H-U-M-B. The reason I bring this up is because the T in thumb stands for tribal people, and that's exactly who we are focusing on today. Tribal peoples live mostly in Africa, China, Southeast Asia, the Amazon, and Papua New Guinea. They make up about 4% of the world's population, and they often live in isolated areas like the jungle or mountain villages. And tonight, I have joining me in presenting on this topic, how to share the gospel with tribal peoples, is our presenter, Haley Titterington. Haley is a wedding and lifestyle photographer who lives in Edmond, Oklahoma, with her husband, Marcus, and their, their corgi dog, Copper. <laughs> They have the unique privilege of living on a college campus where they get to plant churches and make disciples among college students. While Haley was in college, she began learning about indigenous tribal peoples while on her first short-term mission trip to Brazil in 2016 and went on to study their culture in some of her classes, earning her degree in cross-cultural ministry from Oklahoma Baptist University. After college, she spent two years serving as a missionary in the Amazon, where she had the opportunity to do church planting and disciple making among indigenous peoples. She is still very passionate about reaching unreached indigenous peoples all over the world and hopes to one day be back on the mission field church planting and sharing with them. So welcome, Haley. I can't wait to hear what you have to share with us tonight about how to share the gospel with tribal peoples as someone who has personally lived and ministered to those living in the Amazon. So tell us more about your experience living there and about tribal peoples specifically. Yeah. So I've gotten to go to Brazil 
um, about five times now, um, but three of those times was while I was still in college. They were just short-term, um, three-week trips at a time, but we got to actually go deep into the Amazon um, and really experience this culture, which is very different than anything I had ever experienced before. And then living in the Amazon was a whole other thing because I was spending every day with these people. And I realized very quickly that the things that they struggle with, how they even communicate things was very different than my own worldview. And it was definitely a learning curve, but it was really cool to learn about these people whom God loves. And actually his word actually addresses exactly what these people need um, and addresses their worldview as well, even though it's very different than ours or different even than like a Muslim's culture or like the honor shame culture. And so it was just very, yeah, it was awesome. And so our work pretty much involved church planting among these peoples in a bigger city, but these tribal peoples would come into the city, um, kind of tear down the jungle, because it's just a city in the middle of the Amazon jungle, um, tear down things. They basically invade just jungle areas at the outskirts of the cities. And they came into the city to get, you know, jobs and healthcare, but they're really not even registered with the government. And so they kind of just, yeah, made these what they call invasion communities. Um, and so we church planted among them. And I primarily invested in teenage girls from age like 11 to 16 or 17 or so. Um, and we Bible storied with them every week from creation to Christ and taught them the Bible that way because they're very, which I'll get into, but they're primarily oral learners. And so Bible storing is very important. So that's what I got to do for two years. And it was so great. Now, did they speak English or did you have a translator or did you have to learn their native language? So they spoke Portuguese, um, most of them. A lot of the people in the community, at least the ones I worked with mostly, they spoke Portuguese, which is the language of Brazil, but their parents or their grandparents would have spoken their native language. So in the community that we worked in, there were actually about 26 different tribes represented, and we think about 12 languages spoken. Um, And near the end of my term, there was another community right near ours that was invaded, so a community built up, and in this community, community, there were six different tribes that spoke six different languages. And in each of them, there was maybe one person who spoke Portuguese. But so then near the end of my term, so I didn't get to do as much there. But so they started church planting among them as well, because we were working mainly with second or third generation and had a couple of first generation in there where these were primarily like fresh out of the jungle um, indigenous. So what what bible stories is it best to share with them or or verses or how what's the best way to reach tribal peoples with the gospel how can we contextualize it so that they understand yeah absolutely so um a little bit about their worldview is that because they're oral learners and a lot of these people don't speak English um, or they don't know none of them speak English but they don't even speak Portuguese um, the native language and so To reach them, a lot of times we have to find someone who speaks Portuguese. Um, We pray for a believer. Sometimes they're not. It's just whoever we can find. Um, And then for their culture, their fear power. So fear power basically means that um, it's either they feel like they're being controlled. And so they're very fearful um, and they want to gain power. So they fear those who are over them. And they're always seeking to gain power over something, whether it's Mm. spiritual power 
or social authority, um, it functions very similarly because many of these tribal peoples, they will have um, a chief of the community um, and then they usually also have a shaman. And so the chief is the social authority. The shaman is the spiritual authority. Um, and these tribes are very animistic. Animistic means that they worship spirits. So basically, they're always wanting to gain power over evil spirits. Um, another thing about them is they have a very holistic worldview. And so all things are related. Everything has a spiritual side to it. So there, many of them live in the jungles and the mountains. And so there are, I mean, I've heard them talk about the spirit of the river, the spirit of the forest, and then the spirit of certain trees or snakes. Um, so to answer your question, the best stories to share with them, especially immediately, are about Jesus healing, Jesus having power over the things they're trying to gain power over, that they realize, I think, deep down inside that they're never going to have power over. So whether that's they their baby is sick and they go to the shaman to heal their baby and he does something with smoke or whatever, but a lot of times the baby is not healed demons i will say satan does have power so sometimes kind of like in the bible there were the magicians that could you know do the things that moses was doing well sometimes they're able to conjure up certain things but ultimately jesus has more power than satan jesus has more power than the shaman and so telling these stories about jesus healing the sick jesus having power over nature um a huge story is jesus calming the storm because, I mean, especially in a lot like the rainforest or wherever these people live, sometimes there are big storms. Um, and so their shaman does not have power over the storms. Um, and then any story about Jesus casting demons out of people is just huge because they spend their entire lives seeking control over the spirits. And so um, the people that I worked with would do like chicken sacrifices all the time. They'd just be on the side of the road. Like you'd just be walking down the road and there was a dead chicken with like candles around it. They would like put some grain um, with it and make a little sacrifice to the demons um, to gain their favor so that they will do things for them. It's completely works-based. So they do things to manipulate the spirits, but they're actually totally enslaved by the spirits. Um wow. And so it's just this cycle of they fear the spirits, they want to gain power over them, and they just live their whole lives in fear. Um, and the girls that we were discipling, um, one of them, their grandma was called a Macumbeda, which is there's this tribal, it actually came from Africa, from African tribal peoples when they came over in the slave trade to Brazil. Um, and now the indigenous have kind of just synchronized it with their tribal um, customs. And so it's called Makumba is this religion, but they're all very similar. Like if you go all over the world, the tribal peoples, it's all this animism, spiritualism. Um, but one of the girls we were, we were sharing the gospel with, her grandma was basically a shaman, a witch doctor. Mm -hmm. And she was very afraid. And um her sister, who also was coming to our Bible storying, there were four girls plus some other neighborhood kids. Um, we would we were sharing the gospel from creation to Christ with them, and one of the daughters ended up having a tumor, and so Grandma, which ended up being fine, and uh, but Grandma came to town 
And we didn't even think about it. But as soon as grandma got there, everything went nuts. Like we're sharing these stories of Jesus and these kids that have been listening for like four months to our Bible stories are now they're like disconnected. There are random chickens running through making scenes through our Bible study, dogs barking, kids like in babies, just like losing their minds. It was crazy. And then even we could feel the darkness. So me and my partner, we would go every week and we would just, we literally one week described it as like, we feel like we're going into a black cloud, We but we didn't make the connection for the first couple of weeks. And then we were talking to our supervisor and she was like, well, didn't grandma come to town? And we were like, then it just clicked. Of course, everything's going crazy because there's a witch doctor on the other side of the wall. Um, And through that, we found out that she had actually helped one of the girls, like, get demon possessed. And so then we knew, okay, we need to address this more in our Bible storying, because we had addressed some of this stuff in stories, but not specifically personally, I guess. Um, And we weren't using quite the fear power language we should have been. Um, So then we started asking questions like, does Satan have power? And they were like, yes, like demons have power. They're like, okay, but Jesus has more power. And they struggled with that, that truth. It took a while for us to get them to the fact where they would say, okay, Jesus has more power than demons because I mean, she had been possessed by a demon. And so she just like, it was really hard for her to believe that Jesus could free her from like this, all of that, that she had had, um, the fear she had of these demonic things and of their grandma and when grandma left they were all so happy and then everything went back to normal they were engaged again it was yeah like it was crazy wow yeah now what is their response when you talk about the holy spirit because you said they're very animistic and they believe in spirits so what's their response when you talk about god jesus or god the father son jesus and the holy spirit Mm mm-hmm it depends on the group, uh, the crew. So in this community, there's a lot of very spiritual people, including people who will claim Christianity and the Holy Spirit. Um, so sometimes they're like, oh, yeah, we love the Holy Spirit because Satan, I mean, even in, I just read it, it's, I think it's it's first or second Corinthians, but he says, even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. So we have this reality of they're like, oh, yes, the Holy Spirit. But sometimes, like, they they don't know the Holy Spirit. So sometimes we love the Holy Spirit, but they're just grouping the Holy Spirit in with another spirit that they worship or they're trying to gain power over. They're not submitting to Jesus. They're wanting to use kind of like Simon the Sorcerer in the book of Acts. He says to Peter, how can I buy this power from you? And Peter is like, how dare you think you can buy the Holy Spirit? Um, so you kind of, you have that. Um, if they're really deep into shamanism um, or they're possessed by a demon or how deep they're in, they'll have a really negative response. Um, they will shut you down immediately if you mention Jesus, God, Holy Spirit, anything. Mm-hmm. Um, we have experienced that where like, yeah, we like have the Holy Spirit or we talk about Jesus and it's just like, like, a glaze over eyes or even just like get out and don't say this to me um I personally haven't experienced this but like someone you know really in deep actually just like 
at the name of Jesus, like losing their mind, like literally just like being demon possessed, basically, because many of these people allow the demons also to possess them so that they can have the power of mm-hmm. the demon. Um, this didn't happen as much in our community, um, but people I know who work with like more interior have experienced it where and my professor in uh from obu as well had many stories he was in asia um three different parts of asia working with these peoples and demon possession was just like an everyday thing it was just like oh yeah every at some point probably a lot of people are um and then he said that when he spoke the name of jesus people would just like lose their minds or yeah or the demon would speak um or if they're not possessed, they're just like very against it, like a glaze over. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been my experience and what I've read and seen from other people on that. What do what do tribal peoples believe about the afterlife? They believe all kinds of things. <laughs> um, so as far as their beliefs um, in the afterlife, a lot of them are very like I guess the only way I know how to describe it is like holistic so a holistic view of the world kind of circle of life type thing so everything has a spirit so you know you have the spirit of the rainforest which there's actually a book called spirit of the rainforest which is I've learned a lot from um I'll talk about that in a little bit but yeah so a lot of them believe like oh like you die and then you go into be the spiritual world so whether that's ancestors the ancestor belief that they so in china this is really prevalent um even in african countries and also in like amazon in the amazon these tribal peoples believe that when you die it's like you go into ancestors and uh, a book i read called Bruchko, which is a really great book if you want to learn just about tribal peoples and indigenous altogether um but they believed also in like this ancestors so and um a lot of them say the shaman can speak to the ancestors and they'll give them wisdom really they're speaking to demons but Mm. um so they believe that about afterlife and then it's a lot of works based or how much power you have so then that fear power how much power do you acquire how much like knowledge where the spirit's able to give you um in spirit of the rainforest this shaman it's written in the perspective of a shaman um but he actually came to know christ so he's just in retrospect sharing the story it's crazy but he said that the spirits gave him so much power he knew what was happening in other parts of the jungle um and then he would meet with his ancestors like these demons which appear to him as like his father um, and they would come to him and say, but, and so the ancestors, yeah, it was so that they could give more power back to them. It's just the wow. of power. Um, and then I think some of them just believe that like you cease to exist or you just go back and be one with the earth, very mother earth. Um, it reminds me a lot of like Romans one, where he says um, Romans one twenty five because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served creature rather than creator. So it's all about the earth because that's what they see. They mm-hmm. see the earth. And so they're like, oh, I've got to worship that because a lot of them are concrete thinkers rather than conceptual thinkers. So in the United States, we're very conceptual with our thinking. So we think ideas. So we give a lot of adjectives all the time to people that are like outgoing or, you know, we would say outgoing. They would be like, they're loud because Mm. it's concrete. They can put like a, they can see it or hear it where we're more if that makes sense, the difference between concrete and conceptual. So the world, the earth looks concrete. We can see it. We see the sun and the stars, 
so they're like oh I'm gonna worship what I can see um yeah absolutely that makes sense yeah so what would you say are some major do's and don'ts when trying to share with tribal peoples yeah I think one big thing is look out for syncretism because a lot of tribal peoples will be like yeah another thing I can worship like the holy spirit they'll be like oh another spirit I can take control of so a do is to be very clear that Jesus is the one god so do be clear holy you know father son holy spirit we believe they're all one and that they are the one god and the creator god um and not as if like it's another thing to add and I don't think we would ever intentionally do that but that's just something do be very careful to clarify. Um, another do is speak in concrete, basic language, almost like you're talking to a child. So many of these um, indigenous peoples, they actually don't even have access to the like greater world. And so some of them are starting to get internet, which is, it's just a whole, it just brings a lot more into the mix, a lot more confusion, but a lot of these people, they don't understand terms. You're probably speaking to them in like usually their second language or your like <laughs> language probably isn't that good. And so just speaking in very basic concrete terms um, and do repeat yourself over and over and over because this is what, I mean, I can speak for sure for like peoples in the Amazon, but all over the world, they are oral learners, which means mm -hmm. every, they don't have their uh, written system. They don't have an alphabet. So for however many years they've been um, in like have a history, they have been passing everything down orally. Usually this is kind of like the, like the Bible in the Old Testament. He made a big like after um, he'd given the law to Moses, they wrote a song so that they would remember um, and so the tribal peoples are very similar in this way. They have lots of songs and the songs are so repetitive. It's like the same line, like 15 times, whether they're believers or not, I've heard both. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. And so like in indigenous worship services, just so that they'll remember, you'll, they'll repeat the same thing over and over. And when you do Bible storying with them, sometimes you tell the story like seven to 10 times because they can only really, they only latch onto one concept at a time. Um, and so repetition is key um, because that's just also what they're used to when they tell their stories, when they pass down their history of what has happened the last hundred years, they're going to repeat it over and over. And we actually see this in the Bible too. He says mm -hmm. to repeat it to your children um, because they also were really oral people and almost, it's like, I think I read 60% of the Bible is just narrative, 60 or 70%. Mm -hmm. um, and so really relates to them in that sense as well. Um, so those are some big do's. Um, and yeah, don't get too wordy. I'd say just even do's and don'ts in Bible storying is don't get caught up on a bunch of names of people or locations. Obviously, Jesus, we need to make sure they got that name down. But when we're telling Bible stories, communicate the truth of the story but all of these little bitty details that we really like to share, just tell the story as simple as possible. Keep it simple. Do keep it simple. Don't make it complicated. We know that most tribal peoples are located in the Amazon, China, Asia, Papua New Guinea, mm -hmm. but most people who are watching, I would probably say everyone who's watching is probably located in the United States. So either 
they have gone and shared with tribal peoples before, they plan to go, or they don't. Maybe they're just going to stay here in the U.S. and they're just interested in learning on this topic. Would you say that there are tribal peoples located in the U.S.? If so, where? And if not, how can they benefit from learning how to share with these people? Yeah, so there actually are some tribal peoples located in the United States or people who are, you could even say like functionally. So in certain ways, they relate to the tribal people. So obviously, most tribal peoples are like isolated, really hard to get to because of terrain. So in the middle of a jungle or on a mountain. So in the United Mm -hmm. States, we don't have that as much as far as like logistically um but we do have some native american tribes here still that very much practice shamanism um i'm actually uh fairly cherokee you know one of those white indians but um but in my hometown like there are powwows and i mean there are still like those spiritual things and then i know a lot of tribes in the united states still practice shamanism and actually shamanism is on the rise so not necessarily just tribal peoples but people who practice spiritism basically it's the same thing as animism um shamanism is on the rise all over the u.s um i know in oklahoma i know someone who recommended i go see a shaman um and it was a very interesting conversation and i and i had to explain to them you know this is this is evil this is opposed to god I was just reading in Corinthians also, and he said, stay away from sorcery. That's, that's Mm -hmm. what this is Um, because Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. So this is actually very beneficial to a lot of people to learn about this fear power language, just because learning about spiritism, animism, shamanism, all of it is just trying to control the evil spirits um, and knowing what language to use in the gospel. And then the tribal peoples here in the United States. Yeah, there are native Americans, And then there are a lot of people migrating to the U.S. right now, so um, from other countries. And so I know in Oklahoma City, there are just pockets of people all over. Um, Mm -hmm. And so there will just be maybe a pocket of 10 people, but there could be a pocket as big as a thousand. Also on their beliefs about God, heaven, hell, prayer. We talked a little bit about like the afterlife, but it's really interesting that they have all around the world a lot of them have some type of creation story, some type of flood story, and then other similar stories to the Bible. And so those make really good bridges. Say, oh, you have a, tell me about, so when you're even just sharing the gospel with them or just having a conversation with them saying, okay, what's the, what's your creation story? Like, do you have a, like a way the world was created? Because here in the Western culture, people, I mean, people don't really think about creation or they'll be like, oh, maybe God created it or the big bang or whatever that is. But these indigenous tribal peoples will be like, oh, this is how the world was created. There'll be some, I've heard, it started with a tree. Like usually they start with something in the earth and there's all kinds, but there's also usually a flood story. Um, So ask them, hey, is there, do you have a flood story in your uh, like history? And a lot of times they will have one Um, and just other similar stories to the Bible um I know are also really helpful um and so and then ask them what they believe about God many times it'll be oh like God is the earth God is it's always Mm -hmm. very much like concrete something or just idols um a lot of them will make idols as well um to worship so that's just another little bit about what they believe and how we can bridge the gospel to what they believe moving on to how to actually share the gospel um 
with tribal people. We can go ahead and watch that video real quick. And what about those who spend much of their lives using sacrifices, spells, and superstitions to appease the spirits that strangle them with fear? Jesus calmed storms, multiplied bread and fish, walked on water, healed the sick, and cast out demons as a prelude to his power over the spirit realm before demonstrating his total power over sin and death. Ephesians 1, 19-21 The power that God grants us is the same as the mighty strength he exerts when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. Jesus has all authority, and when his Spirit dwells in us, he gives us that same authority. So when you tell the good news, in guilt-innocence cultures, tell that God sent his Son to live the life we couldn't live, die the death that we deserved, and pay the price for our sins so that we should not perish but have eternal life. Tell that our guilt is taken away by his death and resurrection. To those living in honor-shame cultures, tell that there is a Father in heaven who through Christ has established a place of honor for them in his kingdom. Like the father welcomes the prodigal son back into his household by throwing a party to honor him in front of the entire community, tell them that our Holy Father is preparing a feast for all of his children and heirs when his kingdom comes into its fullness. And to those who are in fear power cultures who are afraid of spirits, who feel like they are cursed, or who constantly have to offer sacrifices for some semblance of freedom, tell them that Jesus showed his power and authority over nature, evil, sickness, and curses all throughout the Gospels. Tell them that they can give their allegiance to the Son of God who walks on water, raises the dead, calms storms, and destroys the works of the enemy. The Gospel doesn't have to be twisted or massaged to satisfy the needs of the tribes, nations, and people groups of the world. It addresses every need head on. Jesus answers the heart cries of every individual and every culture. If you're looking for innocence, Jesus washes away the stains of your sins so you can stand before God blameless. If you're in need of honor and acceptance, Jesus makes you a citizen of the kingdom and a child and heir of the king. And if in the fear of your weakness you're seeking power, Christ's death-defeating power is promised to dwell within you. That's good news. Now go and tell the nations. Yeah, so I really liked that um example because he really i guess leaned into some of these words um that are really good to use when you're addressing a fear power culture so if you notice um or even some other words we see like that we can use with these cultures is they're seeking peace because they're in so much fear all the time seeking power that they never live at peace it's all complete chaos and so they're seeking peace um actually in uh, um Acts 10, when Peter is talk sharing the gospel with Cornelius, it's really interesting. He uses fear power language. Um, and so he emphasized that this is a good news of peace through Jesus Christ. That's Acts 10, 36. Um, so he didn't use, you know, salvation from guilt like a lot of us are used to. But he went on to describe, he said, um, doing that Jesus proclaimed this by doing good and healing all who were under the tyranny of the devil. Um and that's what these people are under. They're under the tyranny of the devil. They're seeking freedom from this power or from this. Yeah, I mean, this power over them. Um, and sin is what brings this enslavement. They're just seeking things other than the Lord. 
using words like you will be free from this power over you jesus gives you freedom he will bring you peace he will take you out of bondage these words and then kind of like you said in the video that the same power that raised jesus from the dead is a power that the holy spirit gives to you not that can be bought but that he it's this power of freedom so yeah those are some really good ways to verbalize it i guess so in closing if you could leave our watchers with just one or two major pieces of advice to kind of sum everything up how to best share the gospel and contextualize it for tribal pieces if they could walk away with two nuggets what would you say to them i would say first when you're confronting these cultures the enemy does not want to lose power over them he currently has a claim on them um, a claim they have given to him and he does not want you to confront them. And he knows that Jesus has more power. So remember the power that Jesus has given you, the power that you want to show to these people. Um, so that's just a huge thing because I know that when I've had to come like in actual contact with these people, the enemy attacks. And it's really easy to start giving them more power than he has. Um, but he does not have authority over people who are gods over god's mm -hmm. people um so that's just one big thing because when you start sharing and crazy things happen it gets a little it can be scary so remembering that you have nothing to fear because jesus has power the second thing i would say is just remember scripture because when jesus was confronted by the devil um he quoted scripture to him and so when you come in contact with these people I mean, share Bible stories. They're oral cultures. And so what they do is tell stories. They're always telling stories. So if you say, hey, can I share a story with you? Here in the United States, that can be kind of strange. They're like, uh, sure, you can tell me a story. Even though we do it all the time, telling stories as in like a story that didn't happen, you know, like yesterday is just kind of strange. And in these cultures, it's completely normal. It is what they do. And so they always want to learn, kind of like Paul in the Areopagus, that he came to a place where people wanted to learn new things. So that's how this culture is. So just, hey, can I tell you a story? And don't be afraid to tell a story that confronts exactly what they're afraid of. Confronts a demon. Say, Jesus healed this guy from a demon. Or, yeah. And so I think, remember that God has power when you're fearful. Because you want to communicate that, that to them, but you need to remember it for yourself first. And second, remember the power and authority of scripture as well. That's all we need is the power of God and the words of God. And we have to let the Holy Spirit do the rest. We are just called to be obedient, to go and share. And mm -hmm. it's up to Jesus as to who he chooses and, and who will come to him. So thanks so much for sharing that, Haley. If you're new to International Commission, maybe this is your first training or this is your first introduction to our ministry and want to learn more, there's lots of ways that you can connect with us. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at International Commission. Since you're here on YouTube right now, if you don't already, you can hit the subscribe button right below this video so that you don't miss another video or training that's coming up. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, or want to go on a trip with us, we send teams, like I said earlier, all over the world throughout the year, you can find out more by going to our website, emailing us, or giving us a call. Now, our next e, e training is going to be two weeks from tonight, and Haley had just touched on this topic a little bit. She talked about 
fear and power, but there's also an honor shame culture. So we have a, a presenter joining us who's going to share on understanding the honor shame culture, which is found a lot in the East. So join us two weeks from today back here on YouTube, February 23rd, wherever you're joining us from throughout the US, you can see that time on your screen and we hope that you will join us again. Before we head out, Haley, do you mind just closing us in a word of prayer? Yeah, I can't. Thanks. Cool. Jesus, I thank you um, that you are creator, God, and that you have created the earth and everything in it, um, and that, Lord, it bows before you, that you are in authority over it all. Jesus, you said, uh, I have been given authority over heaven and earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. And so, Lord, we pray just for the peoples who are all over the world who are not giving Jesus authority um, that he deserves. Lord, um, you are worthy of our honor and of our praise and of our authority. And so, Lord, um, I pray that you would just set these peoples free um, from the power the enemy has over them um, and that you would just show them that you are more powerful. Yes, Satan has power, but not more power than Jesus. And Jesus will defeat him one day. And I pray that they would hear this truth and that it would be cut to their hearts and that they would believe and Lord, just take it to other peoples. We know there are peoples who are just isolated. And I pray, Lord, that your gospel would come to them, um, Lord, in just ways that we couldn't even understand. And we thank you that your gospel is coming to people and that we can trust in the promise that the gospel will come to all tribes, nations, and tongues, and then the end will come. And so, Lord, we look forward to that day. Um, and Lord, I just pray that you would use us, that these things would cut to our heart as well, that we would remember the power and authority that Jesus has in our own lives, and that we would remember that, and it would push us toward obedience. So, Lord, we just thank you for your word um, and the things that you teach us. And we just ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Haley. Yeah. Appreciate everything you shared. And thanks for joining us tonight, everyone, and hope to see you back here in two weeks. Have a good night.